Welcome to Art Lords Podcasts. We love digital arts and we wish to help the world appreciate digital artists. For our very first podcast, here is the incredible, the amazing Andy Tim from High Res Interactive, right? You work for them. Isn't that so, Andy? Oh, uh, yeah. So I, um, I'm going on my fifth year now. Uh, they're actually my very first art studio I've ever worked at. Uh, I started out before that, uh, I was freelancing for them for about, um, about like five or six months. And then they asked if I wanted to come in and, and, uh, do concept artwork, um, which I totally said yes for the, and prior, prior to that, I was working at a grocery store, uh, Trader Joe's. I was doing the sign art for about seven years. Um, yeah. Really stoked uh, with the, the job at Hi-Res. Very blessed, and, and I'm, I'm lucky that they offered me work. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an amazing story, actually. I didn't know about that. Speaking of not knowing things about Andy Tim, today is all about he and his art. And we're going to start with a simple question, but I'm sure it's going to be interesting, because that, that story I didn't know. The first question is, please, Andy Tim, give us a brief introduction to you and your work. Oh, yeah. Um... So yeah, I'm Andy. I'm uh, just recently turned 37 a few weeks ago. Um, I got my art uh, start <laughs> uh, career uh, fairly late. I, I went to college to be an artist. Uh, I decided that when I was about 21. And then I graduated at 25 and I couldn't get any work. So I kind of gave up doing art and I focused on um, music. So I, I played in a death metal band um, for about 14 years while I worked at the grocery store for seven years. And it wasn't until I met, uh, well, my now wife, um, but uh, then I, I met her and um, once we got engaged, I decided I should probably try and, um, you know, give art another, I don't know, shot. I want to be more than, not that there's anything wrong with working at a grocery store, but I just want to be more than that as a husband to her. So I thought, hey, Let's try, um, you know, uh, really giving this art career another shot. And I watched a bunch of YouTube videos and took initiative and went out and talked to a bunch of people and, and learned a bunch of stuff and grinded and pretty much worked every single day for, for uh, a couple of years. And then uh, high res picked me up. So, it, I, you know, it luckily, luckily it didn't take too long. <laughs> I, I know um, a lot of other people... Um, you know, it can, it can take much longer than that. So um, I'm very blessed and it, it could have gone uh, certainly other, sideways very easily, um, but it didn't. And um, and I was prepared to, uh, oh yeah, before I got the job at high res, I was close to being homeless. <laughs> so wow. because, I, yeah, I quit my uh, grocery store job because I, I just couldn't take on all the work that I was getting freelance wise. So I bit the bullet, you know, decided to uh, screw healthcare and the steady job, let's gamble and see if this works out. And Thankfully, I was almost homeless only for like two months. So <laughs> before Hi-Res decided to hire me. Wow, yeah. you really put everything on that. I really didn't know about this story. Jeez, that's incredible, actually. You really did your best. <laughs> because most, most people that, you know, I need to provide for my family. I'm not sure if art's the first thing they go for. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah, I, it's hard. It's, it's, it's like I was kind of twisting, spinning my wheels, uh, working at the grocery store. And I knew like, I don't know why. I just felt I, I really should give this another go, uh, art another go. I just felt like I, I, I needed to do it. I don't know why. <laughs> it probably wasn't the most stable like career choice, um, but uh, I, I really 
I threw all my eggs into that basket and, and I essentially became a, a much harder worker um, just in life and, and became a lot more responsible um, within doing that um, pers personally. So I don't know. I just it only um, uh, made me develop in a more positive uh, manner, I guess, and, and made me uh, much more aware and, and much less entitled. I used to be pretty entitled before that. And uh, yeah, going through the hard work of, of you know, pursuing the art career job, like really grinding for it. Um, I, I learned a lot in it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really inspiring, right? It's so much inspiring that I want to pivot that to the next question, right? Because that's a really like a touching that story. And oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's touching, right? You 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 put, like you said, you put all your eggs on on basket and you made it work. But I want to go deeper about that, right? Because for sure. you, for you to do this something must have inspired you to create art in the first place, right? What, what inspires you to create art in general, to the point that you would gamble things up to make your life even better? Uh, a couple things. The, uh, the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> when they came out, I was like, that's, you know, it's like the coolest thing in the world to me. And um, also, I, uh, I wasn't good at anything else. I, like, I was not really like the smartest kid in school. And um, I, I was pretty good at music, but um, it's, it's, at least to me, it's way more difficult to make a, a steady income living off playing music. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's why I chose art. I, I thought, well, it's the one thing that I, I'm, I'm better at it than all the other stuff, and I, I really enjoy doing it. And it helps, um, I had a rough childhood, and so it helped me escape from all the uh, perils of the um, awful things I had to deal with. Yeah, I just want to make a passing comment about the Ninja Turtles thing. I actually know two other artists, professional artists, that also claim that Ninja Turtles was their inspiration. So, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting, right? I'm so sorry because you told so many important and touchy things, and I'm focused on the Ninja Turtles crap. I'm so no, sorry. that's. I mean, they're they're huge. I, I mean, I they're. I mean, that's probably like 80% of what I was drawing. <laughs> Ninja Turtles. <laughs> they were just the coolest thing ever. Like, uh, I, I don't I disagree. Kid. I don't disagree. Uh, there's another question coming right up that I think you already answered it, but it's going to be fun to revisit it, right? Yeah, yeah. Since we're still talking about your art pieces, can you tell us a bit about the process of creating such art pieces? Just a bit. Oh. Uh, I mean, just any any piece in particular. Just grab a random one that I. Yeah, that I did. actually, I'm gonna direct you to the prints. Ah, yes, we have some prints uh, yes. for you. Uh, the ones that we are trying to showcase the world this time around is the Bane versus Venom and the Thanos versus Darkseid, right? So yes. since they are similar, you can even tell if there was like some similarity in the process. The process you use it to create them, or the, the, oh, yeah. make the stage, please. How are yours? Um. So with the Bane versus Venom. I uh, I did that one when I was uh, grinding art. I was like right when I started getting back into digital art, um, you know, giving it another shot. And that was uh, shortly after I'd seen the um, the Dark Knight Rises movie. And I thought, like, even though the villain Tom Hardy's villain was nothing at all like the comic book villain, mm -hmm. um, he was still a really cool villain on his own. And so I just started thinking, like, what if like Bane was like arm wrestling Venom because Bane uses Venom to get him get his strength, and then I can call it wrestling addiction. Like he's wrestling his addiction to Venom 
you know, the serum that makes them strong. Whoa. It's like it's a corny idea, like a super corny idea, but I, I, I wanted to run with that. And so at first it was just going to be them two. And then my friend said, you should put some other superheroes in it. And so I, I sketched out just other superheroes just as a collage in the background. And they said, seemed kind of weird. You should probably put them in like some kind of setting, like a bar or something. So I did that. And it was originally with the movie, um, all movie costumes. I was really into the movies at that time. I loved the comics. Don't get me wrong, but I was I really liked movies at that point. And I, even though I wasn't uh, good enough back then, I wanted to make like a movie scene. Like, what if this happened in a movie? Um, unfortunately, I wasn't good enough to do that back then. But that was my goal. But so when I posted the movie versions, uh, it was a lot of angry people. I mean, respectfully so. A lot of people really liked the comic book versions. So I challenged myself to go back and then. Um, sort of do a version of the comic book one, you know, like all the comic book costumes and whatnot. But then when I was doing that, I'm like, well, let me go back and like see what was wrong with this piece, like all the fundamental errors that I had made, because I had done it originally in two weeks. And I thought, let me take my time and, and really try and focus on where I was at, you know, with, with my skill level and try and really improve upon what I had done. And when I did that, um, I think that's when the piece uh, came together, got a lot more popular. So, um, yeah. Um, and then with the Thanos, sorry, the Thanos versus Darkseid, I did that recently. What? So what I originally wanted to do was it's been, that was 2013, Ben versus Venom. So it's been, you six know, almost years. like a, six years. Yeah, I started actually last year. Um, I wanted to see, okay, how much have I improved? Like, what can I take this Ben versus Venom, redo it using all my experience working in the industry and all the awesome artists that I've talked to or learned from, like, really challenge myself to make something more and put more characters in it, really try and fix the perspective and, and all that stuff in there. Um, so the original one was actually with Bane and Venom, not Thanos and Darkseid. Yes. It's the same thing. I just changed the two central characters. But then that was right when Endgame was coming out. So I thought, hey, maybe to get some more followers or, or <laughs> uh, you know, uh, whatever, whatever, you know. Uh, I decided to throw in Thanos and Darkseid as a variant at the last minute. And I think, so that one got a lot more popular, I think because not only the movie came out, but everyone had already seen Bane versus Venom before, right? So it was yeah. kind of like a match of a movie. So I think that's why it did much better. But uh, the reason why I did that was just to see how much I had improved and when I could take like an old idea and try and improve upon it. And it was really hard. It actually, I, I started that in 2018, and I worked on it on and off for like a whole year. <laughs> so you put some time in it, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't working for the whole year, but I mean, like, I started it, like, I pitched it out like a couple like weekends on, on a month, and then I got so scared of doing it because it was so hard. There was so much characters and perspective that I just stopped working on it for like eight months, <laughs> and then I came back to it in January of this year and really just uh, plowed through it as best I could, and it took me, I think. Um, Gosh, what was it? March or April? I forget when I put put it out, but yeah. Wow. So I, I I need to make this comment before I move on. I loved the idea and the energy of the Bane versus Venom one because I, as a comic book fan as well, right, immediately got the reference of Bane struggling with Venom. Right. I love that idea. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah. It it was great. It was like, wow, he really knows, right? <laughs> uh, but, but you are right to say that the Thanos vs. Darkseid is much more technical impressive, right? You, you, it's like you said, you can see the perspective. 
Personally, I love them both. If I could have them both in my room, I would. In fact, Ren should send me as payment, by the way. Hey, Ren, if you're reading this. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah they, they are really good pieces, right? And you can see the evolution of an artist if you put them side by side. But they are both still great. Because here's the thing about anything, folks. He, he is a hard worker. He started good, he just become better, all right? So <laughs> with that said, no, it's truth. I'm not a liar here. Okay, anyway, <laughs> let's move on here because we have some time, but I want to release even more for you, okay? So, yeah. you seem passionate about these two pieces, but let me ask this. What is your favorite art? The one that you created, right? What, what was the favorite one that you made? That you thought, yeah, oh. this is like, wow, I, I wish I could do a second one or as good as this one. Which one? Oh, boy. Yeah, it's a hard one. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's, it's funny because, you know, I, I know a lot of artists probably relate to this. When you do something, you're like, oh, my gosh, I hate it. It's terrible. Oh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> but if you if I'm trying to be, like, like really objective, I know what I do isn't awful. So the one, like, when I finished it, when I was like, man, I can't believe I did that, probably the the letter to Batman piece. And I know it's a, a parody off of the... The Cossacks painting by I'm butchering his name probably Illa Repin. <laughs> yeah, don't it, ask me. Uh, my enunciation is even worse, so I, I can't help you there. I'm sorry. Okay. Let's continue. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Russian Cossacks by Illa Repin. It's a Russian painting, but uh, I, you know, the original piece of artwork is amazing. It's got like all these dudes writing this silly letter that um, to uh, gosh, I don't know the exact history of it. I, I mean, I did, but it's been a while since I read up on it. But they're writing a silly letter. They're having a jolly good time. There's so many figures in it. And I thought, okay, I, I want to do a study of that, but then make it Batman villains because I don't know why. It just, like, these thoughts just randomly come to me. I just thought it makes sense if, like, it was Batman villains writing a letter to Batman. I don't know. It just, yeah, I it mean, just popped in. Joker would do that, right? He would do that just to troll Batman. You know that, right? Yeah. So, well, that was my original idea was I was going to make the Joker writing it. But one of my friends said, you know what? I think it would be the Riddler writing it because he's the one that's always like doing the Riddler stuff and maybe oh, the joke yeah. would be like, uh, yeah, like telling him like, hey. So I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I, I ran with that. And um, yeah, and that was super hard. I found out in the process that I actually couldn't have it exact like pose for pose as the original just because it, it didn't work with some of the builds of the um, the Batman villains I had. Um, but I, I'm really happy with how it came out. And uh, there's... A lot of characters, and um, I don't know. Yeah, I, was, I had I had so much fun with that one. That was probably one of the most fun paintings I've ever done, and I hope it shows. And, <laughs> and yeah, it shows. Uh, one, my hunch was that this one would, would would be your favorite one because I think it's the one that it's so hard to do. And we have we're gonna link it, okay, on the uh, the podcast site whenever this goes up, right? We have an actual blog post relating your work because you posted the process, right? So. We actually break down uh, piece by piece and my read of how you did each piece, how why you changed it. Now you know why you changed it. We, we were having trouble, right? Uh, I, yeah, I, actually, yeah. I actually thought it was because you wanted to, to make the composition work with these different shapes of characters. It's kind of close, right, to, to, to what you did, right? You to yeah, I, you're right. Um, I, I wanted to make it work, and I, I originally had it matching, like, pose for pose of the original mm -hmm. uh, painting, but it just it, it wasn't working with the characters, like the Batman characters I had chosen. Yes. 
And if you if you listeners want to see the actual process of that piece and even buy the print because that's you on sale by the way it's one of the better prints might they say if you are a Batman fan you have to have this I'm not kidding you can check the link below that we're gonna provide it's really impressive piece so much so I knew exactly this would be the one he would pick that's how good it was. <laughs> Ah, unpredictable. <laughs> no, it's not that you're predictable. That, that piece is just that good, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on here. I was going to ask you, what visual reference uh, do you draw in your work? Like, do, like uh, what artists or art it's similar and inspires you to do it? You mentioned Ninja Turtle, but that was in the beginning, right? Uh, yeah. This question is more like now. Do you look to what other artists are working with? Do you see... Uh, a particular TV show, or maybe there's something about that one animation that really makes you want to capture that on your still art. Ah, um, well, in uh, for the longest time, even up throughout college, uh, my favorite artist was Greg Capullo. Mm. He was the guy that, um, he, it's funny, he could do Todd McFarlane's style better than Todd McFarlane. Don't <laughs> but let, I, I don't let on... Todd McFarlane heard you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I grew up heavily on comics. Like, I, I love comics. And so it was like, it's like Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, and Greg Capullo. Those were like the trifecta of who I pretty much wanted to be. And um, now I, I, you know, I still love them, but I'm, I'm doing more painting stuff and less uh, comic uh, art stuff. And so uh, who I look at a lot now is um, uh, Dave Raposa is like one of my all time favorites. Uh, once I saw his Ninja Turtle arts, um, back when I was uh, actually starting to get back into art again, um, to, to pursue a career, I thought it was like some 40 year old dude painting it. Cause it looks so damn good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but his, he gets, it's, he gets this like visceral realism in it, but with like uh, somewhat exaggerated features in his work that I, I really like. And I, I try to capture, I don't know. I just, I really like when it kind of looks real, but it's a little fantastical. I don't know if I can explain that right, but I, I respect, you know, good cartoonists and like the Pixar style is a lot of hard work that goes into that. But what I'm really attracted to and I love creating is like that sort of realism, visceral type look, um, you know, that Dave does. And uh, a lot of the other, other artists of the like, uh, Carla Ortiz is another one. Um, she's a little bit more, I, I would say towards realism, but she's, she's got like lighting and, Lighting and colors down, um, you know, like nobody's business. Brad Rigney is another one who who I really like. These are all like, uh, you know, um, mainstream artists now. But if I was to go to like the classical guys, uh, Frazetta for sure. Um, Frazetta is like Simon Beasley and stuff like that. That's um, that's like a baggage of inspiration. You just gave us your mind map right there. It's so <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because you gave us so many different names, and I can see a bit of your style on every single person you mentioned. I'm not kidding. It, it's really uncanny oh. that you were, you were able to compose this whole like inspiration tree, right? And I see everything. So yeah, you're really honest about your job. It, it, it's interesting. Uh, we are gonna link some of his reference so you guys at home can see for your, yourself and the team's art and his other artists and vice versa, right? But yeah. anyway, I, want, I wish to move on here because we have some other questions. And this is one about the high res, folks, because uh, here's a personal story. I know that support is about you, but let's talk about Arthur for a moment here. Um, yeah, I, I can't give anything away, though, just FYI. No, don't NBA worry, stuff. don't worry. It's about okay, your okay. art. <laughs> yeah, it's not about the game. Don't worry. I don't okay. even play, play Smite anymore. 
but like I love it this bike. And one of the things that me and my friends start talking about before I worked for Ren even. Uh, Renault did, right. Uh, I mm -hmm. call him Ren. It's it's our cute nickname. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. This might concept art was freaking amazing. And it we thought it was uh better than League in some cases. And I know that's uh, I'm already getting, feeling the commenta commentators telling me to get bad, but yeah, I really enjoyed it because you managed to create what you just said before. You took like realistic approaches and proportion to the characters, but added like that spice of cartoonist, right? That spice that made it a bit larger than life, right? Yeah, yeah. And because these characters were gods, right? Spikes again about playing with different mythology mythological gods, if listeners are not aware, right? Uh, it, it made sense because these characters were at the same time, humans shape it, right? But they are yes. more than human. So, editing style was perfect for that game. And it still is, because you're still making stuff for them, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm still uh, still doing uh, work for uh, Smite, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, let's hope it keeps that way, right? Because... Uh, yeah, yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> yeah, because you, you managed to... In fact, let me ask this first. When you make the art, uh, do you actually create the character designs or they handle you something and then you create the concept after the deed is done, right? After the 3D models ready, you make the, the art or is it was or the other wow. way around? Um, <clears throat> well, for, for concept, it, it really depends. For concept, if I'm making a new god, then I'm doing it from scratch because there's no, nothing existing. But if I'm doing a skin, then I have to draw over the base of the original god. And this is because of uh, there's animation restrictions um, that I need to think about when I'm designing things. So I can't put like a shoulder pad on someone that doesn't have it because they won't have animation support on that. And I would, you know, make someone work extra hours <laughs> yeah. doing stuff like that or a cape or, you know. So that's why I have to draw over the base model when doing skins so I know what my boundaries are. Unless, you know, there are exceptions. They'll say, hey, this one's a, a T4. So you have some room to play with. You can give them like a cape or, or a extra shoulder pad or whatever. Um, so in those cases, I still have to stay somewhat on model though, like make sure the arm's the same size, you know, for animation and it bends at the elbow spot, stuff like that. But for brand new gods, we draw, you know, just uh, willy nilly um, with no base model. Um, with the card art, we have a working, uh, you know, model to go off of because we're trying to, it's the card art is like the advertisement. That's like saying like, you want to buy this. That's what the card art, you know, essentially mm -hmm. is wanting you to do. Um, like, hey, look how cool this character is. You want to play them or, or, or buy the skin. Um, so we have to have the model ready. So we're not like lying about what it looks like. You know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, wait a minute. He drew this guy with like orange hair, but he's got green in the model, you know, so we got to have things that, that match. Before we move on, right, because you mentioned that yeah, sometimes you, you can create, other times you don't, right? Tell me your, a god that you created and it's your favorite creation so far. Do you have one? Oh, oh. Um, probably Cerberus. Cerberus? It was actually the last guy I got to design. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with him. I, You know, it's weird. I, I actually have a lot more fun with creatures um and they're actually easier for me to draw than um people wow, yeah. <clears throat> yeah i just it's like i don't do a lot of them because um people are so hard i want to get better at them i'm not saying i'm like a creature master but uh i don't know i just want to <laughs> i want to consistently draw good humans 
Um, but it, service was a lot of fun. It's where the money is, right? The humans, for good or divorced. So I understand your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Before I move on, because I'm going to be really selfish to have you here for me. Sure, uh, sure. The character Kublai Khan, you know, from the Mayan um, mythos that's in the game. Um, uh, oh, sorry, Kublai Khan? Kublai Khan? No, no, the, no. The no, snake, right? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm confusing my names. I'm sorry. I'm a Latino guy mixing my Mayan gods. I feel so ashamed for myself right now. <laughs> uh, uh, about the, the guy who has like the massive um, doors as weapons. The, you know, the, the green Oh, Cabracan. Yes, Cabracan. Yeah, that's why I confused the name. See, it's similar. Yeah. <laughs> He's my favorite character. Did you draw it? Or did, did you actually make the character? Or Oh, no, that, that was originally concepted by Brian Wells, who is uh, another uh, really good concept artist. He was actually there. He was, I think, the uh, second concept artist on Smite. I think the first one was Max Davenport, but he he was uh, Brian Wells designed Cabracken uh, for Smite. I I did uh, two skins though for oh, Cabracken. Which one, so I can get it for my Cabracken? <laughs> I did the um, the uh, robot one. I forget what it's called. It's like black and orange, I think. And then uh, I did the fat Loki. Cabracken skin as well. Oh yes, I actually was looking for the fat Loki one, so yeah, now I have to get it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's enough of Smite, okay? Thank you a lot to give this a bit of insight though. I, I'm sure the Smite community are going to love to hear a bit about the process, right? But sure. here's the thing, uh, I, I know this because uh, I know every single art that's uploaded to Artworks, right? Every single time someone posts something, I see it. And I know for a fact that you have some original art with original characters, right? They're not the majority of what you post to artworks or online, right? You usually post your Smite work, your high-res work, or some pop culture characters, right? And they're great. So much so they're trying to sell some to people because they are that good and anything is going to be really happy if you do that. But I'm so curious, uh, do you have time to create original characters? Do, do you have something in mind with these characters or... Uh, I, I actually don't have a lot of time to uh, <laughs> create original characters. I think, um, I mean, I, I do like it, but uh, I think, you know, the, the stuff I have most fun drawing is, is superheroes. I'm not going to lie. I love drawing, like, it's weird. I like drawing stuff that already exists. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. Like, I like drawing, no, please, please, like, please. Batman or, uh, you know, Wolverine and... Um, or video game characters, I, I don't know. I just I'm I'm like a huge fan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see just by see the, the volume of artwork from the team, it's usually superhero characters. That I was just curious because I saw one of the other piece that was original from you know, the art arts system, so I was like, huh, that that's it's, he doesn't do this much. So that's why I asked it. But it makes sense that you give this, this answer, right? Because that's what your job is all about, right? Yeah, I mean I, I, I do like drawing my own original characters but i just i i just get inspired by doing fan art i guess i just i really love it i, I really like doing fan art a lot like i'm uh what i'm working on now for a personal project i'm a huge huge fan of the dark tower series by stephen king it's great actually I love yeah it too. i'm actually going through reading it again for like i think the fifth time <laughs> and i realized i haven't painted any dark tower art so I'm uh, I'm doing a uh, Drew Strizen inspired movie poster for it. Oh, that's Just really sure. nice. If you want to contact us to sell it for prints for the, the Dark Tower fans, we'd love to help you with that. Oh yeah, for for sure. Once uh, 
once I get it finished, it'll, who knows how long it'll take in my schedule and what I have going on. So it's, it's you, only in my you, you do realize if I say this in the podcast, you need to do it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I'm like, so I'm, I'm like uh, almost done with book five. And I told myself I have to finish the painting before I finish book seven. So <laughs> yeah, I see, I see. Yeah, you're putting some some speed limits for your work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're almost done here. It was a lovely conversation. I would even like to talk talk, talk more, but our time is limited, so that that's kind of sad. But let's end on a high note here. Yeah. First is, do you have a message to the aspiring artists out there? Uh, I would say, um, you know, don't don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, don't be afraid to to redo stuff um it was a big thing before when, when i would get a critique and i would have to redo uh, a huge chunk of my painting and it's still something i actually have still uh happens to me at work to this day and i noticed when i go back and have to redo something because of like an error i made or whatever the, the piece comes out like 20 times better and i i learned so much more um so I, i would say you know don't don't be afraid of getting those uh constructive critiques but the ones that you're like oh i don't want to do that because it's so much work those are like that's where the money's at uh to really help you improve i guess yeah i would say and do your studies too if you're if you're like painting a guy with a cape you know and you forgot how to paint cloth or, or whatever you know just uh you know, open up some drapes and do some quick studies don't have to be perfect but you know just so you know like how the material works and whatnot adding I'm to this sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry I, i cut you off there please, please continue Oh, I said I'm I'm terrible at articulating, but yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I think you did a great job at articulating, and I'm gonna add to the sentiment, right? Uh, if you are a new artist or you're starting to be an artist, right, fledgling artist, like we call it, uh, don't be afraid to contact with art lords uh, because we can put you in touch with some veteran artists, right? And they're gonna love to help. if they can help, they're gonna help you, right? We we have their emails. We we can't bother them. I managed to get anything in this podcast, didn't I? So <laughs> <laughs> so I can help you direct your questions to someone that might have an answer to them, right? Because the art works part is about the artists, all right? It's about making sure you guys are getting paid, getting the love and respect you have, because. Uh, We digital art lords everywhere now, right? Everyone's doing like superhero fun art. You can see it everywhere, right? Oh yeah. Andy is special. He, you can see he loves what he say. When he tells you that he loves learning superheroes, it's not just because he loves the paycheck. Or maybe it is. Whatever. If if it's that's <laughs> not the relevant thing. The relevant thing is the art he does is hard work. It's and it's great, and you can see it. We have several other links we're going to put in the description about his process. We have like one of Deadpool, uh, Mad Max crossover, right? Where he goes in detail, the, the step by step. And you can see it's by someone who gives a damn. This, <laughs> yeah, it, it is, it is. And that's important for a newcomer. You cannot just try to uh, emulate what's popular. You need to feel it in your bones and work hard. And that's what Andy does. So even if it's popular, even if he's chasing the views, right? He's not doing that, you know, in a manner that's dishonest. It's just the opposite. It's the most honest thing he can do, right? That's why he, he mentioned the Dark Tower just now. It's something that touches him. Yeah, it's popular. It's a popular thing. Yeah, but he loves that thing, right? He's just rereading the series and that's inspiring him to do another painting. And I feel that newcomers who want to make, like, I want followers, right? So I need to draw it's popular. 
try to connect to find the, the the popular thing that speaks to you right and pursue that first uh, yeah sure i mean also it, it doesn't have to be um a popular piece i mean that will certainly get you hits but um just something that makes you excited to draw you know um like whatever you get excited to create because i think some of your best work will come of something that you're extremely passionate about and and that you would do uh, regardless whether or not you would get paid. Um, I think those are going to be like your best pieces that you create. And you can always use that to, to sell your work to high res and other companies, right? You can say, hey, look at this awesome <laughs> thing I did, right? That, that's how probably you got the job, right? You, you did some awesome work and you say, hey, this actually, this, this entity has something going on there, right? Yeah, yeah, to a degree. Yeah, they saw my, um, the heck was it, uh, Rise of Mythos work. I did, I was freelancing for Rise of Mythos for about um, almost a year. And that game um, was specifically to design uh, mythological gods. So I did about 50 of them. And Hi-Rez found out about that. And, you know, since I'd already been, I designed over 50 mythological gods and illustrated them, they're like, well, this guy... Seems like he's right up our alley. So. This, guy, this guy was born to work on Smile. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are closing in. So, any last words, Andy? Um, stay positive. It's a crazy world. Just, just stay positive and be nice. I don't know. There's not enough nice people out there. Be more nice. Uh, I, I love that message. To be, be nice. I'll try to be nicer with you in the future too, Andy. Yeah. Uh, and finally. If you want to help Tim keep doing his awesome job, if you want to help to motivate Tim to finish that damn Dark Tower piece, please, <laughs> please buy his prints. Not only do they look awesome and it's the work from a pro artist, it's going to motivate him to do more. And by doing more, there's more stuff for you to buy through. So everyone wins, right? The artist is love it. You have an awesome piece of art on your... Uh, room, right? And afterwards, get the funding to get more people here and talk about the work. So it, it's a process that's all we win. So yeah, please do that. Please support editing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, folks. I uh, will see you on our next podcast. The, the next time you're doing this, I have no idea. The other artists need to reply to me. If you are an artist and you want your print on Art Lords, please contact us with the email below. And we, if you want to come to our podcast and talk about your stuff, I'm all making an open mic here. It's an open invitation. You want to be heard, I want to listen to you. This is Arthur Martino and the team signing out.